listeners in the u.s alone there's like 300 or so like anti-queer anti-trans like laws and bills either being voted upon or already written and i'm just gonna ask y'all wherever you live look up like what's happening in your area reach out to your reps please just tell them to like support queer folks and to stop attacking trans people because a lot of this stuff is really dangerous especially trans youth i would so much appreciate it. Um, it just would fill me with joy if you could do that. It'd be really awesome. This shit's not great. All right. Joke time. Come on. Let's bring it. <laughs> All right. All right. Get, get jokes back in here. All right. All right. PSA over. So one thing I think we have to talk about, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, is did you all hear about the um, object that got shot down over Canada in Canada's airspace? Wasn't yeah. it like a, a cylindrical object? Unidentified silver cylindrical object was shot down over a Canadian airspace. Mm-hmm. Sounds uh, quite familiar. It's a new bad dragon. <laughs> I was thinking more. It's like aliens. a really weird uh, product uh, launch. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, you know what would be cool is if we just like hurled this thing into the sky <laughs> and got somebody to shoot it down. I mean, the balloon got a lot of attention. So yeah, and no, I'm so sorry that we're bringing up uh, that I brought up the balloon. No, it's okay. This happened God, like just, killed just my... a few days after the balloon. So it's like kind of interesting like timing wise but uh i wasn't thinking so much sex toy as like you know alien craft yeah. no yeah i know yeah. i was just I, yeah yeah it was goose it was I goose, it was goose I, and I gaffs but it sounds uh oddly similar to a lot of um ufo sightings specifically i'm thinking of the injured cult stuff with mothman there was another one in like the desert they're all in the <laughs> the, the desert. Desert. one I'm thinking of, but my mind is going blank. Some like sheriff saw one land and it looked like a giant tic tac. Um, but I just was I, that that was the uh wolf or you know what I'm saying? the ranch? Something oh, skinwalker, skinwalker? Oh, yeah. skinwalker ranch. Um I'm pretty sure that was the tic tac. They I think there's they, been so many tic tacs. I know. Yeah, that's true. I can't remember the one. I should have looked this up before I came over, but uh, I can't remember the one I'm thinking of off the top of my head. As Jim said, there's tons. Yeah. I mean, I could just throw a dart at some cryptid <laughs> alien story and the Rio Tic Tac shaped object flying around. We should just do like a, a dart game where we throw a dart at a map and then look up oh, shit. Any, any cryptid slash alien sightings from that area. I mean, it's... We'll have to make like a radius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it um, would be a really funny opening if we were like, oh, there's nothing. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> though, I'm constantly surprised because, like, I try to keep my ear to the ground as far as, like, monsters and cryptids. But, like, everywhere has monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, when I was, like, a small child and I was, like, reading about this shit, I had no idea, like, just how, 
the copious amount of creatures there are like everywhere you probably could throw a dart anywhere on the globe or at least in the united states and they would at least have one thing yeah like there was something i was looking up that i won't name yet because i don't want to ruin the surprise but like it's just some random ass place or is it like south carolina or some shit and like they have a whole series, their library system, like their public library did a whole series on creatures. Like they have so many. It's just some small town in South Carolina. Yeah. It's really cool. Like, um, but our list groweth. <laughs> you know. It's, our cup runneth over. It does. And I'm very glad because I know in the beginning some of us were worried like there won't be enough monsters. Like, baby, there's so many. There's so <laughs> many monsters. There's so many monsters. Well, and I've said before that like it, it, we could at some point start doing the monsters that we're not going to read unerotica about. Yeah, yeah. So it could be like well, we can talk about the ones that aren't humanoid. Yeah, and then do an erotica about a completely different thing. Here's my thing. You all, I feel like you all are getting a little hung up on human ha- them having to be humanoid. Because I, I should say, if we something can start is sentient doing, yeah. of age and consenting can give conform like informed you're right, consent, you're right. well, see, it doesn't have to look like a human. You're well, right. the, Yes, that's I, I'm using humanoid interchangeably with sentient, okay. and that's okay. unfair. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. big unfair. I gotta stop doing that. That's no, very human centric. True, and like that was that's my main goal too, is to because listen, y'all are trying to keep me from doing the squawk, and I will do. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I mean, I haven't looked is, up enough yet, but I don't think the squawk. Or whatever has human like sentience. It, is there evidence of like You can add it. Well, you I can guess. add add the sentience. He's just well, crying. Hold on, hold on. I will say because because he's crying, that does imply some form of sentience. Oh shit! You don't just like. But is a human like sentience like? He's other, depressed. Other cry. It he, could be greater. He could have a greater sentience, and he's crying because he understands the universe better. Dogs can have depression, by the way. Oh God! But they don't, I don't know my dog cry. They get like dogs don't cry, but they eye have leaks depression. from <laughs> from infections. <laughs> but they don't just cry. My dog cries. Well, your dog goes like. <laughs> it sounds like a little demon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have to say, well, I got to be careful because our last episode when we made the uh, grapefruit sound, <sighs> it's so aggressive. It, like re-listening to it, like the shakes me to the is aggressive. I know, I know, but there we were, did it for. <laughs> there were a lot of like awful ass sounds because, like, I reviewed that like so many times, just like get notes and stuff down, yep. and I'm just like, oh, this is terrible audio. <laughs> It was magnificent. I mean, it was good, but it was also it was it was an assault on my ears. That's true. <laughs> but it you there was a Siri did a really accurate grapefruit sound though. I will yeah yeah there that. I am excited about the fact that we charted on Apple Podcasts. What would so? I don't really know what that means. We have enough listens and enough reviews that we actually are like hitting on the list. Uh, so <laughs> instead of like having to deep dive to find us. So, you know, I'm not saying we're like, we made it. <laughs> we're in the money now. Yeah. It's a little, what's that song from like Looney Tunes? Like, you're in the money. I got to remember, hold on, which one was the sexy? No, that's clapping. <laughs> that's, that's game show. There it is. They're sexy. I can't it's hear the- these things. So I'm just going to pretend like I know what they are and laugh accordingly. <laughs> 
as you should. Um, uh, oh man, that just totally threw my brain off. That was a bad idea. I mean, we might, you might be getting ahead of yourself with the, I just said we haven't made it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but that's still great. That's good news. No, I love it. Um, we're not shadow banned. Hooray! <laughs> for saying I think inhuman amounts of celebrating constantly. Yeah. 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 Like not being shadow banned for yeah. once is nice. Yeah. Who are we oh. talking about today? All right. Well, let's first introduce her. Say oh, right. <laughs> it's okay. We're very bad about this part. <laughs> hmm. Welcome to Love at First Sighting, sex positive, kink friendly, and thirsty conversations about the monsters and cryptids that traverse our backyards and imaginations. I am Joyce. My pronouns are she, they. I am your resident cryptid researcher with the Monster Book Report. Joining me is Jim. Hey, oh, I'm Jim. I'm they, them, and I'm here to read some monster porn. Mm-hmm. Also joining me is Coco. Hello. I'm Coco, and I, why, every time I'm like, it's like my brain just, I, <laughs> I am a horny little nerd, and I am here to learn and stay horny. <laughs> keep, keep that horny just going. Keep my horniness either at its normal level or slightly above, mm-hmm. or max it out. Get that horny strength, start like tearing the walls <laughs> down. God. She's like, Joyce, you gotta stop. Uh, I gotta go. Alrighty. So. 90 kids are going to remember this one. Just 90 of them? Like. Oh, 90s. God. <laughs> what? I thought you said 90 kids. Like specific. Only 90 kids. Will I, was know like, what I'm talking I was like, about did today. this happen to a certain town and they don't, they don't talk about it till now? Sorry, go on. Nope. We are talking about the men in black. Yes, that is right. Um, now, some people probably out there are being like, but Joyce, aren't they just some dudes? Well, some sources say yes. Others, not quite. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, let's get into it. That's what I need on the soundboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, connected to everything from Roswell to Mothman, the shadow people. These little boys, they litter the paranormal landscape. That was a really weird way of speaking. <laughs> paranormal <laughs> landscape. You said paranormal abnormally. I did. That's joyful. Paranormal. <laughs> paranormal. Um, before the fun content warning, uh, we're going to mention intimidation in the form of death threats. Uh, there is some animal death and illness. Um, if any of that was going to upset you, maybe just you know, skip skip ahead or listen to the next one. Whatever. Just I like to put it out there. There's folks. no death threats in the porn. I'll go ahead and let you know. Radical. Yeah. I, I like my porn death free. <laughs> <laughs> Personally. I think it's also safe to say, if you happen to be a first-time listener, that, you know, we do these content warnings. But even when we do talk about these things, they are mentioned probably about as much as we just mentioned them. Generally, <laughs> but, yes. Yeah, I just choked on my own spit. <laughs> <laughs> Get excited. He's a juicy boy. I'm juicy. Um, <laughs> no, I... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'll never go into like severe detail about. No, it's not my vibe. Yeah, that's just not. We're never gonna do it, even if it's like an integral part. Like we're always gonna avoid getting too detailed on any touchy subject. Because yeah, I mean, this podcast is here to get you horny. We're here to have fun mm-hmm. and get boners. So, if you are listening to this podcast, chances are you've probably heard of the Men in Black. For those of you who haven't, the Men in Black are human or human-like entities dressed in black suits who claim to be government agents. They are known to threaten and harass those who speak publicly about some kind of paranormal phenomena. 
Specifically, they target witnesses that have experienced some sort of alien or UFO activity. Based on my sources, these individuals are said to be tasked with protecting government secrets, resulting in their threatening manner. Because of all this, you will often hear mention of the MIB and various conspiracy theories, cover-ups, and the sort. The men in black are usually seen in packs of two or three. In addition to their trademark black suits, they are often described wearing black hats, black sunglasses, and driving black cars. Some accounts describe them having a slightly off appearance, like uncanny... Okay, I'm going to try that again. Some accounts describe them having a slightly off appearance, like Uncanny Valley type of stuff. Hmm. Uh, descriptors range from a pale or strange colored complexion, larger than normal eyes, a distinct lack of hair, like no eyebrows, eyelashes, or hair on their scalp. Um, speaking of, there is definitely a large sect of believers who think the men in black are actually aliens themselves, attempting to blend in the human society quietly. But yeah, those that interact with MIB mentioned that they had... Mama's so tired. <laughs> <laughs> the human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> there are several reports that cite that the men in black speak in an abnormal way without intonation, inflection, or emotion. In some reports, they don't speak using their mouth, but through telepathy. Um, telepathy. Telepathy. <laughs> uh, frighteningly... There are a number of witnesses who also report both acute and long time, long time, long term illnesses after <laughs> interacting with the MIB. Some of the illnesses I heard of include chronic headaches, nausea, restlessness, and loss of appetite. The men in black also I, seem. Hmm? I was going to say, to be fair, that's. It's a lot of things that cause that. Yeah, and, well, and one sure. of them is PTSD. And if mm -hmm. some people showed up and just like straight up threatened your life, mm -hmm. you probably have a little bit. Good point. That would give you some paranoia. Good, good point. Yeah, paranoia is also one of the big ones because, like, basically, they are being threatened with their life for, mm -hmm. you know. What is it? It's not paranoia if, if you're being followed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just uh, being uh, on guard, I guess, at that point. Mm -hmm. um, the men in black also seem to have the ability to appear and disappear almost instantly as well as make objects materialize out of thin air. We'll get more on that later. Um, now that you know a little bit more about our goth businessmen, y'all want to read some encounters? Yeah. Encounter time. Goth businessmen. Yeah, That's they are. Good. little goth businessmen. Guys. Goth boys. We're little ska, ska guys. Can, can we start calling them goth boys? Goth boys. I got a visit from the goth boys. They goth. told me I can't talk about the aliens no more. <laughs> <laughs> One of them had a nose ring. No. <laughs> I haven't read any accounts of um, black jewelry. jewelry, but you know, it's too bad. Yeah. I mean, if you it's come all this way, maybe might, they, like, why did they choose the 1950s dad look? You know, I feel like. Well, I think it's start kind of, they kind of started in the 1950s. Yes. So authoritarian. I, think, I, I remember hearing people talk about like, they could be older. This idea of like, these men in dark clothes showing mm -hmm. up and yeah there there is um actually I, that did come across my research there are some people that say that the men in black are much older um generally as far as like in western culture specifically united states stories start coming out in late 40s but yeah there were people talking about just like people entities in dark clothing um demonic or 
<laughs> you know, wonder if you could claim that like the 1950s was really like the information boom where like mm-hmm. communication around the world became far more simple. Yeah. Um. So and then you could be like, oh, well, that's why they started showing up more is now they had to like really put a stop to it. And back in the old days, you just had to find one dude and be like, shut your mouth. Well, yeah. but in the 1950s, too, like by that point. The, the atomic bombs had happened, yeah. nuclear experiments and research have been going on, and that most alien encounters or UFOs and stuff started ramping up at that point as well. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so to Jim's point, the MIB... <laughs> sorry. sorry, I just interrupted again. I just got excited because I was like, nuclear testing, dimensional rifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> started tearing holes in the fabric of space and time. <laughs> yes. So now they can just go on through. But yeah, I I think to regardless of where they came from, to Jim's point, um, the increased sightings and encounters with aliens gives the MIB, in theory, more reason to be around and threaten people. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it, babies. So one of the first mentions of the MIB in Western culture um, was an incident from 1947. As the story goes, on June 27th of that year, Harold Dahl was on a conservation mission near the eastern coast of Washington's Maury Island when he saw six donut-shaped objects hovering a half mile above his boat. Before long, one of them fell nearly 1,500 feet, followed by metallic debris raining from the sky, some of which struck a worker as well as Dahl's dog, who unfortunately did not survive the ordeal. Dahl was able to take some pictures of the aircraft, which he later showed to his supervisor, uh, Fred Chrisman. Skeptically, Chrisman went to the scene himself and saw a strange craft with his own eyes. Those aren't words. <laughs> he saw a strange craft with his own eyes. With his own eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's that. Uh, uh, Southern coming in. Southern. If, if, if also, if you're an erotic writer, you would say his own orbs. <laughs> I don't know why, but like. What? They do love the orbs. They love calling eyes orbs. I don't know. Yeah. It's, what that's about it's it's that like desire to avoid using a word too many times which i understand because if you're reading something and you read the same word it can get like tedious as a reader but there's there's something far more tedious about constantly trying to avoid just saying the simple like jason said <laughs> or said jason yeah that's where you get things like uh sherlock holmes which just everyone's constantly ejaculating information. <laughs> I'm never going to call eyes orbs. Sorry. That's weird. You have beautiful orbs. Oh, look at your orbs. My orbs. Gorgeous, brown, luscious orbs. <laughs> Just want to take a bite. <laughs> oh, lick them. Yeah. My little gecko. Oh, damn, we're back in the south. again. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I'm I'm sorry. Back to my I know I'm being very um, scatterbrained today. It's okay. I'm an interrupty boy. All right. The following morning, Dahl was visited by a man in a black suit. Uh, Sitting in a local diner, the man was able to recount in extraordinary detail what Dahl had just experienced. What I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe, the man said. Dahl was told not to speak of the incident further. If he did so, bad things would happen. The supposed events of Maury Island have continue to fuel conspiracy theories to this day, even though a U.S. government investigation deemed a hoax after Dahl and Chrisman 
<laughs> Later admitted as much. I wrote crimson, <laughs> but that's not the person's name. But I did read that Dahl was quoted saying in an FBI file, if questioned by the authorities, he was going to say it was a hoax because he did not want any further trouble over the matter. Mm. Oh, it smells like a cover up. Come real cover <laughs> up to me. Smells like a cover burp. <laughs> cover bun. Uh, smells like a cover bun. <laughs> But hoax or not, <laughs> this has uh, resulted in MIB making their way to the larger consciousness. I'm just imagining the like chain of events of like 1947. Dude gets threatened by dude, and then Will Smith <laughs> just brings it home. <laughs> oh, delivering a squid baby. If the Men in Black are real, that movie did more to discredit their existence than. Ooh. anything in all do you of think it was a cover-up perhaps i mean just think about it the best way to get people to stop talking about a thing is to make it fantasy mm -hmm. and make it popular fantasy. Are jumping ahead ah. oh sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i'm just so excited about men in black <laughs> I, I i didn't think this would be such a, a um i don't know a fucking firecracker of an episode but apparently y'all are horny for it well i don't know much about much <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> when it comes to the, the you know the cryptids and the creatures so or at least the ones we talk about mm -hmm. so like when I, we do get one i'm like oh my god this one i like i know this one that's fair that's fair mm. okay in 1952 former u.s air force service member albert bender started an organization called the international flying saucers bureau to report upon strange ufo related activity happening across the globe the IFSB had a small but dedicated fan base of around 2,000 members. Strangely, though, in 1953, Bender suddenly shut down the whole operation, leaving this message in the last newsletter. We advise those engaged in saucer work to be very cautious. Friends and colleagues of Bender would comment that he did not rest or eat properly for weeks after closing the bureau. They also cited a change in his demeanor in the ways of increased agitation and nervousness. It wasn't until a decade later that Bender would explain the shutdown of the Bureau. In his account, he was visited by three men dressed in black <laughs> who seemed to appear out of thin air. These men warned him to stop reporting on UFO. This one, this this is a good and I know a lot of people talk about this one, but it's also just the weirdest one. So I had to mention it. In 1976, Herbert Hopkins was at home researching a UFO incident which had occurred some months prior when his phone suddenly rang. Hopkins stopped what he was doing to answer the call. On the other end was someone who claimed to be with the New Jersey UFO organization. From what I read, apparently there was no such group. Anyway, the person on the line asked if Hopkins was alone and if he could visit him to discuss UFO research. Hopkins agreed, and the man on the other end said he would be there shortly. Hopkins got up to turn on his porch light, only to see a figure was already walking to his doorstep. Considering that no matter where this person called from, it seemed impossible for him to be at his door so quickly. Yeah, that was before cell phones. Before cell phones. And even based on like what I read, like even if he like called from his neighbor's house, like he would have got there way too quick. You know, it doesn't take you that long to get up from your chair to turn on your light. He's a real <laughs> slow shuffler. Oh, just gonna be <laughs> We're going to talk about aliens. That's fair. Like, maybe maybe this person takes some sweet time. That's okay. 
Um, surprisingly, or I think stupidly, Hopkins greeted the man and invited him in. Come on in, stranger. That it was somehow... a different time. <laughs> I... <laughs> it was a dumber time. <laughs> it was a dumber time. Um, upon seeing the stranger, Hopkins was taken aback by his strange appearance. Aside from all black attire, the stranger's skin was smooth and deathly pale. His face devoid of hair, lips a ruby red, and his voice was expressionless. Through the majority of their conversation, the man in black remained motionless except for his mouth. Eventually, the man wiped his mouth with his suit sleeve, which left a red streak on his cheek. At this point, Hopkins realized that the man had been wearing lipstick this whole time. Once the lipstick had been smeared, to his dismay, Hopkins realized that the man's mouth was nothing more than a straight slit without lips. At this point, the stranger asked Hopkins to remove the copper coin from his pocket. Without questioning how he knew of the coin in his pocket, Hopkins did as he was told. The visitor told him to watch it. The coin started to change from copper to silver, then become kind of blurry, and then slowly disappear before his eyes. The man in black told Hopkins that if he did not destroy his research, he too would disappear. In Hopkins' account, he cited how these last words spoken by the stranger became slurred and his speech in general began to slow down. The stranger told Hopkins he was running low on energy and made his way slowly out the door. Hopkins commented that the man slowly hobbled down the steps, holding onto the railing like he was struggling to walk. As the man disappeared out of sight, Hopkins witnessed a bright flash of light and then total silence. Just because we made the shuffle joke, then I saw this like imposing pale man shuffling away, just like <sighs> actually, that's exactly what happened. Like I was trying to think of a way to word that, but yeah, basically the guy suddenly like almost like he had aged before his eyes, like his energy is just like he was struggling and like grasping the railings to get down off the steps. I feel like that drops the threat level. Right, when, because like it makes you that tired just to disappear a fucking penny. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> me disappearing is gonna be a lot of extra work. Mm-hmm. Like, are you even gonna shuffle away? You're just gonna die instantly. Well, Maybe like you know how like witches they have to get together to do a big magic. Oh, they Maybe all a get bunch in of men in black get together hands. and be like, "You're you're we're gonna get you gone." It might take a couple hours, but you're gonna disappear. <laughs> you sit still, all right. <laughs> you don't go anywhere, Mister Man. Like, <laughs> turns him into a cryptid. <gasps> oh. oh, maybe he gets turned into a man in black. Oh, man maybe. in black. Maybe, yeah, have you? We're well, really... I feel like Men in Black has kind of become like a title in and of itself. Yeah. So yeah, I feel so... like you don't call someone, oh, well, he is a man in black. It's like, no, that's different. Yeah. He is no, a men in black. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Um, it's weird. A little throwback to our Mothman episode. Linda Scarberry, one of the famous Mothman witnesses, was also visited by the MIB. It started with Scarberry receiving a string of strange phone calls. Eventually, she was visited by men in black suits, asking her all about her experiences with the Mothman. She would go on to claim they drove a black Cadillac, which she noticed following her around town a few days after their interaction. Worth noting, Scarberry was said to have suffered from psychological distress after the Mothman incident. Was it Mothman? Was it the MIB? Mm. In 2002, Dan Aykroyd. Yes, that mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd. I was wondering if you were going to get yep, to. Yep, I, You know, everyone talks about this one too, but I was like, I got to talk about Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, you got to. I love yeah. him. Can I get that ACAC in there? Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Aykroyd was in New York meeting about a show on uh, about UFOs for the Sci-Fi Channel. At some point, he stepped outside to take a phone call 
While talking on the phone, he noticed a unmarked black sedan with men in black sitting inside. One man was standing outside of the vehicle, but all the men were giving Aykroyd the stare down. A little unnerved, he turned away for just a moment, and when he looked back, the car was gone. He claimed it was so quick, it was as if the car had vanished. Later that day, he learned that his show was strangely canceled without reason. The truth is out there. I want to believe. I was thinking of the the meme of David Duchovny on Jeopardy, where one of the other contestants was like, what are frogs? They said, correct. And then you just hear David Duchovny in the background go, what are frogs? Someone added the... Oh my god, I love it. (laughs) What are frogs? Uh, Theories, not about frogs. Um, About the MIB. Government agents working for top secret departments of the government. Uh, The manifestation of conspiracy theorists' fears, fever dreams, aliens, psychological phenomenon brought on by trauma, demons, human-engineered entities, hoax. Some skeptics believe that the MIB are real, but they are government agents attempting to make Americans believe in aliens. Mm. Instead of covering them up, there's actually the a docu- reverse conspiracy. Yeah. yeah, there's a documentary on this called the Uno Reverse called Mirage Men. Uh, I have not watched this yet. I was going to, but I didn't get around to it. But I'm very intrigued. Kind of what you were talking about earlier about like the the Men in Black movies, like yeah. kind of just like invalidating the whole thing. I just feel like Mirage Men would be a great gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what's that on the horizon? Or like a, a really nice, like, strip club for, like, men, men strip club. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Mirage men. I do Mirage. like the idea of someone, like, clawing through the sand be like, oh, I'm so thirsty. And they make it over the hill and there's an oasis and it's just got, like, all sorts of beautiful naked men. Just dancing. And they're like, just... we'll pee in your mouth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. It's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Use me like a toilet, Daddy. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's a men in black. <laughs> my my copper overrunneth. <laughs> Nectar of the sweet gay gods. <laughs> anyway, this has been your introduction to the MIB. We'd be here all day if I tried to cover everything. Um, yeah, but they've been. You know what? Mm-hmm. In saying so, feel free to share some MIB stories I didn't talk about today. Yeah. Get a thread going, babies. Like, talk to us more. We're we're hanging out on the socials. But, uh, do the fuck? <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, obviously, right? I don't know. Well, I don't know if they did before now, but it I doesn't seem form, like their so. social skills are great. So. <laughs> they do now. They... Well, if we get a visit from the Men in Black to stop writing erotica about the Men in Black, we'll finally know for sure. Yeah, no. What be... if they promote it to throw us off the trail? Hey, Men in Black, <laughs> if you need to throw us off the trail, <laughs> the best way to do it is fully promote our Men in Black erotica. Yeah. Also, join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. <laughs> Get all your team on there and, um, I don't know, buy some shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. What's going down? There was like a smoky voice, right? That's what it said. Well, so I was what hoping you, you could, I was hoping maybe you could come through for me. On that. 
Like a like a smoky man from X Files. Oh no, it's it's a smoky, smoky not it's, smoker. No, I think don't they like, call him the smoky man? No, he, no, the the sm- I think the smoking man. I'm just a baby. Apparently, Honestly, the smo- he, he is smoky the, man. For the most part, they call him the cancer man. And then uh, later on, it kind of slowly becomes the, the smoking man because I think they were trying to get away from just like constantly saying cancer. So what's a smoky voice like? Is it like this? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Okay, so yeah. I kind of talk like that. Yeah, yeah, like oh. like like back in the day when they had like the calm now. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the fog machine is on. <laughs> 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 Like All right. Every shot of the X-Files. Eileen was just out of the shower and pulling on a comfy set of pajamas when her phone dinged, signaling someone had just rung her video doorbell. It seemed too late for a package to be delivered, but she picked up her phone and opened her doorbell app, expecting to see a box left on her front porch. Instead, she saw two men dressed in dark suits staring back at her. Confused and suspicious, she tapped the unmute button on her screen and said, Hello? I don't know how I should do these voices. I mean, they talk in a weird manner with an expression, like monotone. Yeah. Hello. 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 I am a mechanical man. <laughs> All right. 1950s robot is not what I meant, oh. but sure. Oh, boy. Robot. My um, spouse and I like to do this thing where we joke that we are robots, but we laugh in a specific way. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and for some reason, we both find it incredibly funny i've i've witnessed this you, you two just like in the middle of something like chatting and just hear like haha <laughs> i was just i think it's because one time i was like what if someone actually laughed that way you know and it divulged into like now it's this weird thing that we just do all right give it a whirl give me that monotone daddy <laughs> no i can't do it hello oh hello Hello. Uh-huh. I just do uh-huh. like a. It's uh-huh. it's a little bit more a quick pace. Like hello. Hello, said the figure closest to the doorbell camera. We must ask you a few questions. It is for your safety. Yeah. It's fine. I'm gonna you, do Veggie Man. You are, but it's okay. Oh, I forgot about Veggie Man's voice. Yeah, yeah. I need medical assistance. I yeah. need medical assistance. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing Veggie this Man. This dummy gave me their blood. <laughs> Human blood. Human. Human. <laughs> Oh no, he's broken. He's broke. <laughs> blood, blood, blood. The night vision on the doorbell camera left much to be desired, and it appeared as though the man's mouth hadn't moved at all when he spoke. Both men had that greenish-white hue that all night vision cameras gave. They were both so washed out by it that their faces looked odd and uncanny. The only defining feature was thick-rimmed glasses they both wore. Who are you? Asked Eileen. Worry about opening the door to any stranger, especially at night. We are from the government. We are FBI agents. <laughs> Keep going. Just to imagine Eileen being like, mm, tell me mm. more. <laughs> you sweet talking thing. You. Ever since I was little, I've thought about what it'd be like to take a robot lover. <laughs> said the man who spoke before. So It's so much easier to do this in front of my friends who are staring at me. Mm -hmm. May we come in and ask you a few questions? Shock pulsed through Eileen. What could FBI agents want with her? She hadn't done anything illegal as far as she could remember. Wait, how could she be sure they were actually from the FBI? Give me 
a moment, she said, and quickly Googled how to tell if somebody's an FBI agent. <laughs> she clicked on the first WikiHow article and read the steps there. <laughs> I can imagine the WikiHow image in my head right now. Yeah, just weird drawings. <laughs> Do you have any identification? Eileen asked, a stern edge to her voice. The man who had been speaking held something up to the camera. It appeared to be a badge with a photo, some emblems and an ID number and text. She could read Federal Bureau of Investigation. The rest of the text was too small. The photo on the badge was just as washed out as the two men had been on the doorbell camera. But she could make out the thick room glasses. For your safety, we need to ask you for some... Fuck me. <laughs> for your safety, fuck me. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> For your safety, we need to ask you some questions about a man you met recently. You are not in trouble, but you may have information that is very important to us, the man said in his stilting, monotonous way. Eileen thought of all the people she had met and spoken to at the UFO conference over the weekend. She wondered which one of them could be on the FBI's radar. Going back to her checklist from WikiHow, she asked, First, can you repeat your ID number without looking at your badge? Bring it back up to the camera so I can see it. Without moving the badge from the camera, the man repeated the ID number on the badge. Okay, what's the address of the local FBI office? She asked. The man rattled off an address, and Eileen went to Google again and confirmed the address was legitimate. I'm just going to go ahead and say all that, because I, I was like, how do you did know? You, did I, you wiki? I, I, I did, did you wiki how? I just did what I did. Because I was like, how would you know? List. Yeah, I was like, how would you know if somebody's a real... Listen, now we're giving advice to the people. Yeah. Don't yeah. open your... First of all, don't open your fucking door don't ever. Open your door. Just yeah. don't ever... Don't, don't ever open Be like, oh yeah, sure. Ask me questions. Don't even answer it. <laughs> Go for it. Um, no, yeah. Like, just look at your ring camera and be like, I <laughs> Never answer your door. That's... Yeah. <laughs> You heard it here first. Left pod 101. Turn off the lights. Crawl around the ground so nobody can see your shadow through the windows. Okay, I don't go through that much trouble. Also, I, mean, I feel like turning off your lights does imply you're home. It sure does. <laughs> oh, I'm not home. Click, 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 click. May we come in? The agent asked again. Their credentials checked out according to the internet, and she had met with a number of new people the past few days. She made sure to have 911 dialed and ready on her phone. All she would need to do is press the button. With some trepidation, Eileen opened the door. The men stepped from her dark front porch into the light of her living room. Immediately, Eileen could see that the agent's odd features weren't the product of the night vision on her doorbell camera. Both men were practically identical, tall and slender. They wore matching black suits and thick-rimmed glasses. They were ghostly pale, and their faces were smooth and hairless. They didn't even have eyebrows to add character and emotion to their faces. Even their hair was identical, down to the cut, color, and style. Eileen got the distinct feeling they were wearing wigs. Thank you for inviting us in, the agent said. Eileen noticed the mechanical quality of the agent's voice wasn't a product of her phone speakers. We believe you met a man who was in possession of and illegally selling hazardous materials. <coughs> Without a license. <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm running low on energy. I tried to make a penny disappear earlier. <laughs> I'm just really I'm very tired. sleepy. Do you have Pedialyte? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? 
I need electrolytes. Electrolytes. Oh, <laughs> you said Pedialyte. I'm like, isn't that for children? <laughs> it's got a lot of electrolytes. Well, listen, I'll be drinking it yeah. in my fridge. Grab that stuff when you're not feeling well. It's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. We believe you met a man who was in possession of and illegally selling hazardous materials without a license, said the agent. The last piece of the puzzle finally fell into place in Eileen's mind. Holy shit. It's real. Eileen said in awe. What is real? Asked the agent. The metal. It really was from a UFO? She gasped. I do not know what you mean. Where is the metal? Asked the agent. (laughs) Eileen continued in excitement. You're the men in black. Eileen watched with interest as the two agents looked at one another through glasses as thick as the bottoms of old soda bottles. Their mouths didn't move and they made no sound, but it seemed as though they were communicating with one another. We are FBI agents. We are here to confiscate hazardous materials you may have bought illegally. You will not face any legal ramifications, but we will need to remove the hazardous materials for your safety, the agent said. Listen, I've read enough encounter stories to know that the men in black only come to visit you if you've actually seen a UFO, alien, or have information on those things that they don't want to get out. Eileen said, confident in her knowledge on the subject. What information do you have? We already know you have a piece of hazardous materials, the agent said. Eileen thought she heard the agent almost slip up and admit what she had in the vial was, in fact, extraterrestrial. Yeah? What's so hazardous about it? Eileen asked, trying to catch them in their lie. Radiation, said the agent. (laughs) Eileen was unconvinced. Ah, I see. Sure. She said, playing along for the briefest of moments. So... What are you all actually? Human-alien hybrids? Extraterrestrial automatons? Automatons. Automatons. Automatons, roll out. (laughs) Damn it, don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Automatons. Automatons. Extraterrestrial automatons? Tulpas? Eileen rattled off quickly. What's the real connection between you... Andrew Cole and the Mothman. The agents looked at one another again, but remained quiet. Eileen continued, undaunted. The way I see it, you all wanted something from me. It's only fair that I receive something in return. We can't think of it as an equivalent exchange. Exchange? Asked the agent. Yeah. You want information about the object I bought, fair and square, I might add. And I want to learn about you. What makes you tick? What do you really look like behind the disguise? There was no denying Eileen's curiosity. Or we could take the object now and be done with it, the agent said. No hint of malice in a strange voice. Sure, but where would the fun be in that? Asked Eileen. Fun? Repeated the agent. What is fun? What what is fun? Teach me, love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we joke, but that's where we're going. <clears throat> Repeated the agent. Both men quirked their heads ever so slightly. Listen, you have a willing human participant in a cultural exchange here. How often have you been presented with that? Aren't you curious for science? She asked. Here, sit, sit. Let's have a chat. She motioned them to sit on the couch while she sat in the chair opposite. Eileen continued. First, I'd love to know how you look underneath your disguise. Those are wigs, yeah? Would you be comfortable removing them? In exchange, 
you can feel my hair to get an idea of what human hair feels like. The agents looked at one another again and then slowly peeled back their identical wigs. Now Eileen could see the smooth, pale expanse of the agent's heads. Surprisingly, no larger than the average head. Eileen moved over to the couch and sat between the agents. She ran a hand through her own hair, which was still barely damp from her shower. Peel away, boys, she said. The agents hesitated. <laughs> I'm just thinking of uh, the like casting couch or the uh, the the shoots where it's like the woman's like sitting with her boyfriend and she's like, listen, I would love to try anal, but I'm going to need you to get fucked in the butt by him first. <laughs> <laughs> the agents hesitantly reached for her hair. At first, Eileen felt like a dog the way they petted her with their full palms. But after a moment, the agent seemed to grow more comfortable and began truly examining her locks. They brought their faces close and rolled her strands between their fingers, testing its texture. The speaking agent said, The smell? Eileen explained that she had just taken a shower and the scent was from her hair products. The silent agent's face moved slightly closer, and he brought a lock of her hair to his mouth and began to nibble at the ends. Eileen burst into laughter. <laughs> That's good. This is perfect. <laughs> I might just put in my own actual laughter at my ha. Well, it probably doesn't taste as good as it smells. Here, let me show you. Eileen ran her fingers through her hair. It feels really nice when someone plays with my hair like this. Want to try? She asked. The agents mimicked her motions and Eileen felt herself relax between the two, eyelids falling closed. She let out a soft moan. Mm, feels great, but I'll fall asleep if we keep at it. I want to learn so much more about you. Eileen said. What about your glasses? Do you need them or are they a part of your disguise? She asked. Disguise, the agent said, as they both removed their glasses. Their eyes were both almond-shaped and much larger than a human's eyes. The silent agent's irises were black, the same as its pupils. The talking agent's were dark blue. I see. So that's why the lenses of your glasses are so thick? They make your eyes look much smaller. Eileen said. That's really clever. Though I think your eyes are very pretty. It's a shame you have to hide them. She said. I see you don't have eyebrows either. Do you not grow any hair at all? She asked. No, said the agent. I know plenty of humans who would love to not grow any hair. Well, body hair specifically. I admit it would save a ton of time on shaving. Eileen mused. The agent looked at her curiously. She explained, Most humans grow hair on their bodies as well, not just their heads. Some humans shave that hair because they don't like it to be there. I personally shave my hair in some areas and leave it in others. It's all about personal preference. May we see? Asked the agent. <coughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, sure. Eileen said, a little flustered. She pulled at the sleeves of her t-shirt to show them her armpits. I shave here, but the hair that would be here is darker and more coarse than the hair on my head. The silent agent poked his finger into her shirt sleeve to feel her armpit. Eileen wriggled and laughed. It tickles to be touched there. She put her arm back down and pulled up one of the legs of her pajama pants. I also shave here. This hair is also dark, but not very coarse. Sometimes I let it grow out, especially in the cold months. The agents both reached out to touch her leg. Their hands felt cold and smooth on her skin. The talking agent's fingers slid inside her hiked-up pant leg to caress along her inner thigh. Eileen shivered. She hesitated then. I also shave some of the hair in my pubic area. 
Eileen didn't move to show them this time, and the agent sat there looking at her expectantly. Um, I don't usually show that to anyone I'm not intimate with, she said. Eileen molded over a bit. Don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm no prude. I, j- I suppose it's a body part just like any other. Maybe if you both remove the rest of your disguises, it would feel less like I'm on display. She asked, motioning to their black suits. The agents were still for a moment, as if they were communicating something between themselves. Before coming to an agreement, they both stood and removed their suits. Behind the last veil of disguise stood two tall beings. Their skin was pale, and their bodies were thin and hairless. Most notably, they seemed to both lack some parts Eileen would expect to see on a nude body. Neither agent had a navel, nipples, or visual sexual organs. It was as if their bodies were blank canvases. Wow, is is it okay if I touch you? She asked as she drew closer to the pair. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Really good to cut that so it's like really fast. Like, touch me. Is it okay if I touch you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Yes, said the agent. Eileen placed her palm on the chest of the talking agent. His skin was smooth, soft, and quite cool. So, you don't have nipples or navels or anything, huh? Eileen continued onto the silent agent. She walked around him, looking him over. I can see you don't have any sex organs. Let me try that again. I can see you don't have any sex organs, or at least not in the way that humans do. Do you procreate or recreate in a sexual way like humans? She asked. It seemed like the speaking agent was thinking over his response before he said, Not us, specifically. There's no need for it. Aw, that's a shame. (laughs) Aw. Aw. It's okay, baby. (laughs) Aw, that's a shame. I can understand if it's because you have no desire for it, but it makes me sad to think that it might be because you've never been allowed the opportunity. Eileen said. I guess now that you've both removed your disguises, I'll I'll show you what a mid forty cis woman looks like nude. <laughs> what a line! <laughs> it's also me reading it. It's just be like I'm just imagining me talking to someone, and be like, "Oh, I'll show you what a mid forty cis cis woman looks like nude." <clears throat> Eileen said with a self conscious chuckle. She quickly removed her t shirt, pajama pants, and underwear before she had a chance to change her mind. Eileen felt awkward undressing in front of two strangers, but to her surprise, being nude before the two didn't feel as uncomfortable as she thought it would. Perhaps it was because the two agents were also bearing all. An equilibrium had been reached now that Eileen matched her two guests. Well, here it is in all its glory. Eileen chuckled. The first difference you'll notice is that I have nipples and a navel. Oh, and I guess my nips are hanging out of a pair of breasts, which you both obviously don't have either. She rambled. She took a deep breath and said, You're invited to touch and investigate, if you're curious. A fierce blush made her face and ears go hot. While the silent agent reached for the patch of pubic hair Eileen left unshaved, the other agent softly stroked one of her nipples with the pads of his fingers. He then palmed her breast, first lifting it, then squeezing it gently. It's soft, the agent said. Then he pulled at her nipple between his thumb and index finger. Eileen felt her nipple harden under the agent's touch. He quirked his head, seemingly confused by the change in texture, then did the same to her other nipple. 
Eileen's cheeks still felt hot, but she also began to feel an ache build in her core. The silent agent ran his fingers over her bush. Eileen felt the muscles in her abdomen clench and ripple, and she bit down a gasp. The silent agent looked at the other for a moment before the speaking agent said, You don't shave this area? You only shave your arms and legs? Eileen let out a whoosh of breath she had been holding in. Oh, well, I don't shave the front part there. I kind of like a more natural look, but I do shave the lips and the butthole area. (laughs) (laughs) Eileen explained. The agent moved his hand from her breast and ran his finger along her upper lip. Eileen burst out laughing. (laughs) You caught me. I guess it's true, I do shave my upper lip, but when I said lips, I meant my, um, labia. Though she felt self-conscious, Eileen was also feeling a little turned on by the undivided attention she was receiving from the two beings. Leaning back on the couch, she spread her legs open enough to give them both a view of her vulva and anus. Check it out. (laughs) Double feature, baby. (laughs) See? I shave smooth now. Nope. (laughs) I shave smooth now. <laughs> I shave smooth now. You you watch now? You watch now? I shave smooth now. Okay. It shaves smooth now, but it would look more like this if I let it do its own thing. Eileen said as she motioned to her bush. The silent agent ran his finger lightly over her displayed vulva. Eileen gasped and grabbed his hand, stopping him. I f- feel like I should also add... That there are many places on the human body that are considered erogenous zones. They're places that we touch or have others touch when we're, when we're wanting to experience sexual pleasure. It feels important to let you know that you've been touching me in those areas and I am definitely feeling aroused by it. If that's not something you feel comfortable with, I totally understand. But if you're curious about and want to get involved in a Human sexual pleasure, you absolutely have my permission. I would be an idiot to pass up the chance to bang, um, to, I mean, have sexual intercourse with the men in black. The two agents seemed to freeze for a moment, their eyes locked. Eileen could hear the blood pumping in her ears as the seconds passed. The wait was agonizing for her. Finally, the agents seemed to snap out of their trance like telepathic communication and again. And, ag- and again, and again, and again came to life. The energy in the room felt instantly different. It seemed as though the agents were buzzing with excitement. What do we do? Asked the speaking agent. They hovered over her, one on either side. Eileen thought about it for a moment. She couldn't deny she had been secretly fantasizing about being railed by the two otherworldly entities. But considering they didn't have any obvious sexual organs, her plans would need to change. You both can touch me as much as you want and anywhere that interests you. I'll tell you if it feels good. Sexually good, that is. Or if it doesn't do anything for me. If it hurts, I'll tell you to stop. Oh, and if you would like to be touched back, please let me know. I'd be happy to oblige. She added. The agents began to tentatively touch Eileen again. The silent agent investigated her stomach and chest. He ran his fingers around the O of her navel. His hands felt cool and smooth against her plush tummy. He bent closer still, his breath ghosting over her skin. Then suddenly, he dipped his tongue into her navel and wiggled it around for a taste. Eileen giggled and squirmed. (laughs) 
That doesn't really do anything for me, except make me feel tickly. The silent agent moved onto her breasts. He fondled one with his hand, then pressed his face to the other, nuzzling her nipple with his nose and mouth. Yes, soft, said the other agent, who had taken up a post on the floor between Eileen's legs. She felt his hands rub firmly up her thighs before he ran them back down her legs to her feet. He held one of her feet and seemed intrigued by her painted nails. He rubbed at them with his thumb and looked at Eileen curiously. I paint them. A lot of people do. We can change the colors anytime we like. It's just something fun to do. It's decorative. Eileen explained. He seemed satisfied with this answer as something else caught his attention. He lifted and spread her legs again so that her vulva and asshole were on full display. His thumbs massaged along the creases that formed between her thighs and butt cheeks, and she sat on the edge of the couch. They pushed in toward her pussy lips and rubbed along either side of her opening. Mm, that feels good. It feels like you're teasing me. Eileen sighed, then yelped as the silent agent popped her nipple in his mouth and began to suck and flick it with his tongue. That's good. She said again, patting the agent's bald head. There is moisture here, said the agent between her legs. He ran his thumb along the slit of her opening, then brought it back to examine the liquid on his finger. Yeah, that happens when I'm turned on. Oh, sexually aroused, I mean. It's to facilitate penetration, make it easier and not painful for sex. She said, having to concentrate to get her meaning across. Eileen brought her hand down to the lips of her heat and spread them apart. This is the opening of the vulva. Inside is the vagina. Up here is the clit, clitoris. It feels very good to be touched. Eileen said as she moved her fingers in a slow circle around her clit. The agent spread her open again and peered close. He inserted one of his long, cool fingers inside Eileen. Mm. That's good. Try putting two more fingers in. Then move them in and out, repeating. But not all the way out. Eileen instructed. The agent did as told and started a rhythm of thrust as Eileen rubbed her clit. She began to moan, which caused the two to stop what they were doing. You don't have to stop. The sound means feels good. <laughs> that sound means feel good. <laughs> that, sound, that sound means it feels good. She said. The thrusting rhythm began again and the silent agent licked a stripe up Eileen's armpit. <laughs> Stop. What's with you in licking me? <laughs> <laughs> Eileen laughed. Obviously, the silent agent was very focused on taste. That didn't hurt anything, but, but it doesn't feel good in a sexual way. Just very ticklish. I have an idea, though. You two switch places, okay? Eileen asked. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> now that the silent agent was between her eggs. I was going to say eggs. My eggs. My eggs. Get on in them eggs, baby. Between them eggs. Hey, you think you can tongue out one of them eggs? <laughs> Give it a shot, Lord. <laughs> now that the silent agent was between her legs, Eileen said... You can taste me here as much as you want, especially this area. <laughs> Giving extra emphasis on her clit. The silent agent dove in excitedly, licking swaths along her opening that had become plump and wet with her arousal and deep fingering. He tongued deep into her hot cunt, lapping up the moisture there before he moved up to her clit. Eileen gasped and moaned loudly as the silent agent flicked his tongue lightly against her sensitive nub. He then began to lick in broad circles and alternated between that pattern. Oh, fine. That's good. That's really good. She gasped, palming his bald head as it bobbed between her thighs. The other agent watched the proceedings with interest. Is there 
Anywhere you want to be touched? Asked Eileen between gasps. She reached down toward the other agent. He stood there looking a little lost. Can I try something? You can stay stop if you don't like it. She said. She had the agent climb back up on the couch and bend over on his knees and elbows, ass up. Eileen would a finger in her mouth and teased at the small puckered opening between the agent's cheeks. She seemed to t- He seemed to tense a little, but gave no protest. Both agents gave a start. Both agents gave a start when she began to ease her finger slowly into the tight space. Ah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I also love that this is just like genetically produced bottoms. <laughs> we were made to bottom. We, 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 were made, we have only holes. Only holes. <laughs> Hello, mommy. <laughs> only holes for you. <laughs> I only have holes for you. <laughs> I only have, have holes <laughs> for you. <sighs> oh, poor Joyce. Ah, uh, the agent let a small bleep. Does it hurt? Do you want me to stop? Eileen asked. No, it's good, I think, said the agent. Eileen began to think... Eileen began to finger him in earnest now. She prodded here and there, wiggling her finger to test the agent's reactions to different sections being pressed. She discovered a small lump three-quarters of a finger length inside that made the agent clench and grunt. Good? Yes, said the, the, the agent said, with more enthusiasm than he had managed the rest of the night. The silent agent surfaced from between her thighs and looked pleadingly at the other agent, then at Eileen. Can we both? The speaking agent trailed off as he asked. Of course, said Eileen. Then she donned a commanding tone and said, Both of you get on the ground now. Get down on your... (laughs) Get down on your elbows and knees, asses up. The two were quick to follow her commands. I told you, the genetic bottoms you created. I love this. I love this. This is not even where I was going to go with the story. Like, my initial idea was different but like as i was writing and i was like this is just, this sounds like mm, fun let's do this, this. this is yeah. where it's going i love it the two were quick to follow her commands and she ran to grab the lube from her bedroom she came back to sit on the couch between the two and lubed up her and lubed up their quivering holes she started with one finger for each of her visitors both agents shivered she slowly fingered them giving them time to adjust before she added another finger to each Feeling around, she located the lump she found previously. Only one agent made any noise, gasping softly as he was fingered. Make sure to let me know if he wants me to stop, okay? Eileen said. Both agents looked back over their shoulders at Eileen. The silent one nodded, and the speaking one said between gasps, Yes, I will. Eileen smiled and ramped up her pace. She kept up a punishing rhythm on the agents before her. Their tight, lubed-up holes squelched loudly from the pounding she gave them. Her fingers were getting sucked hard by their warm insides, and she began to sweat with the effort of giving them what they needed. Just then, the pair began to quiver, and the soft, bleeding moans of the one agent intensified. Eileen's fingers were clenched hard in their asses, and a clear liquid squirted out of one and then the other agent. It trickled down their thighs, and Eileen carefully removed her digits from the two men. They collapsed on the floor as Eileen got up to wash her hands. She came back and sat on the couch, motioning for the two to join her. Come up here and take a breather. I'll cuddle you. The two crawled onto the couch, 
on either side of her. She wrapped her arms around each of them and rubbed their heads and arms. What was that? Asked the one agent. Eileen chuckled and said, Well, boys, that was your first orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) Let's rest for a bit, and then we can work on getting some more. I've got a ton of ideas. Beautiful. (laughs) Also, the way that the agent reacted to getting the finger in his butt the first I'm like, yeah. You're just like, uh. Yeah, it's uh, like it's, it's like a shock the uh, first time. Uh, You're like, oh. My first time was more of a, oh. oh. This is why. It <laughs> feel great. It's <laughs> good. It's good. So the, the clear liquid, did it come out of their butts? Where yeah. did it come? Okay. I, like in my mind, I was thinking of them having sort of like a cloaca. You know, okay, okay. like one hole to rule them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All our hole is for you. <laughs> and like, I was going to do like a little, a little bit more like aftercare, like her, like teaching them. This is how you put on realistic looking eyebrows. Like this is, oh, you, yeah. you need to that's, do different looking wigs. You yeah, can't do yeah. the exact same wig because people are going to notice it's the same fucking wig, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But you need some bronzer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I was, yeah, I was like makeup tips type thing. But I was like, it's already, it's long. Yeah, I'm, that's good. I'm that's stopping. Fair. I, I like having these little bits afterwards where we can talk about like what we would like to add in or what would be fun mm-hmm. to have had in there. Yeah. Don't necessarily need to go back and write it to put on Patreon, but yeah. maybe we will. I'm yeah, actually good. working on, I, I mostly finished it. I just need to go through and like actually check it. But the written out version of the one we read last time. Cool. Mm-hmm. Band meter visit. Yeah. I did a few little edits that I noticed while we were reading where I was like, that's weird. I'll fix that. Sometimes nice. you have to have somebody else read out loud. We were like, oh, they yeah. sound like they're struggling with all the confusing words I put together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have to take out your confusing. Well, I just wanted to make them clearer. Like mm. I, I can reorder or combine or put commas. That's helpful. Mm. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. great. I wrote yeah. that. Hey, Joyce, how you feel about uh, yeah. messing with these, these genetic bottoms? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the cold skin, I'm not sure about that bit. And like, they sound like they could get there. So sure. You know, I feel like they're, the getting their part will be the harder bit because like they're very socially awkward and mm-hmm. it's like, you don't want to be the first, but you wouldn't mind meeting them later. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like, I'm I a very that. like cerebral person when it comes to arousal. So if like someone's like, teach Hello, me, teach me, <laughs> put holes. Put in whole, like I'd be like, mm, this ain't happening. I don't think, but yeah. you know, who knows? I feel like as a genetic bottom, that's easier. There's, there's less to teach. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot less to teach. Yeah, bottoming is kind of just like really, really good pillow princessing. <laughs> You're just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna lay here and you figure it out. <laughs> Why you, Jim? I think yeah, I think I would give it a shot for sure. Plus, like, you know, like, sometimes it's awkward, like, for me anyway, it's awkward to, like, give instruction. Yeah. But I feel like in this instance, it would be less awkward because, like, you know, I don't know. I guess there's, I'm not, like, going to be like, I don't know. Well, they're not human. So you're not giving instructions to, like. A human person who has preconceptions, they're like, oh, I'm doing it bad. Yeah. Or going to, yeah, feel that. This is a, yeah, you're, you're basically, you're with the robot lover who's like. 
no, just show me. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. I have no feelings. And of course I wrote a, uh, just a sort of like a dumb mommy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's and, fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. It was like a dumb mommy by situation that she was like, Oh, this is really nice. This is great. Oh, you want me to do that? Get on your fucking knees. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I did. There was an interesting shift in character for that. I'm into it. You know, you got to like, like on your knees. You got to play to your audience. I feel yeah, like I, I acted it out well. Yeah. It didn't feel forced to me when I was no, doing no, it. I felt no. like a natural. Yeah, it was good. I you did great. Good. I you did a really good, good smoky like. Okay, good. Yeah. good. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat where it's like I wouldn't want to be the first. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind the idea of instructing. It's just like this feeling of sexual inexperience. I don't know. And that might be some like internal like stuff with being a man where I feel like very uncomfortable about the idea of teaching someone a sexual experience. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the idea of being with someone who's had sexual experiences and being like, uh, oh, why don't we try that fantasy that you've never tried? Mm-hmm. Like, that's different. But like teaching someone sex has like the virginal uh, sort of yeah, idea. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I have like, no yeah. interest in that. And it yeah. like makes me very uncomfortable. And I, I, I feel like it would just make me think about that. And it would probably fuck up the situation where I would yeah. be like, uh, I don't know about this. I think I would probably want more conversations with like, what is your position in your society? Like, <laughs> are you kids? Like, I need to know more information here. I feel like it was I, I understood that it was like children. the fantasy, but that would be me. Like, I would need like explicit understanding of like every aspect before I could feel comfortable with that. But like, yeah, if they'd had sexual experiences before and we're just like, we are bottoms. <laughs> I'd be like, dope. Cool. <laughs> Rock and roll. Let's do this. The little twinks. Oh, the twinkification. I like cool skin. You don't like a cool skin? Yeah, I don't mind that. No, I, I don't like... I don't like a, like, someone's hand is cold touch. I don't know. I've put enough metal things in my body that I don't really care. (laughs) Well, like, I mean, as I am someone who notoriously, like, my fingers and toes are always icy cold. Mm. But sometimes my spouse's is too. And they like to, like, just grab me with them. And I'm like, ah, I literally scream. It it is painful how cold it can be. And I'm just like, no, no, I don't like a cold touch during a sex. Well, I do like that. You described it as cool to the touch. Yeah. You didn't say like frigid or shocking, but like, just like not hot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, and that's fair. But yeah, I think like the coolness, like might throw you a little bit. What if it was summertime? I mean, maybe. Summer, summertime. I'm saying like a cool touch on the whole sweaty vulva. I didn't know. You (laughs) always come up with some new thing. I was like, Ghibli bits. What's it going to (laughs) be? I didn't know. My hoo-ha. My my choochie. My choochie. My choochie. Choochie. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's wrap up this baby, shall we? Yeah. <sighs> Special thanks as always. For <laughs> oh, 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 oh. What, what, what? Yeah, let's do it one more time. Set, <laughs> set a little less disappointed in like us. <laughs> yeah. yeah wow. Or disappointed in the listener thanks, for making it this far. Thanks, part. mom. I'm not disappointed in anyone. <laughs> It's, it's you can't lot. roll your eyes while you say you're not disappointed. I'm not oh. disappointed. Her eyes like rolled out of her just head. Just like oh. having hot flashes of my childhood. I'm not. I'm oh. not disappointed. This just takes a lot out of me. That's true. <laughs> okay. Shake it off. Shake oh. it off. Oh. Come on, girl. Oh. Oh. Okay. Special thanks as always for listening. 
uh yeah but i'm not disappointed anyone my co-host <laughs> or you you're doing great baby you're doing wonderful sweetie just keep on keeping on um yeah so what do i usually say where you can find us yeah. so, so you can do a link where can you find all the last stuff well that's at our link tree which is l-i-n-k T-R dot E-E slash laughs pod. That's L-A-F-S-P-O-D. You find all sorts of shit. All things laughs. Um, you can find out where to listen to our episodes. That's pretty important. You also find our Patreon. So we have recently restructured our Patreon. The good news is more of you get more content. We have four tiers. Uh, there is a general support, which is great. And we love you and appreciate it. There is the last literature club where you get all the book report notes and any stories written by the last crew so if coco jim or i write a story you get access to that the next is our content club you get all that other stuff but you also get bonus episodes and art that we make and then there is the booty pick of a month club once a month some combination or one of our booties plus all the other content from all the other tiers and uh so much gratitude um but you know if you can't Give to the Patreon, support us by spreading the word and giving reviews. We like stars too. You know, we we want more people to find us. Yeah. yeah. We got all the socials. You can find them there too on the link tree. We also got our website, which the most important bit is our cryptic Cupid submission form where you can send us stuff that you wrote or someone else wrote uh, so we can read it on the show. You know, also, if you have a cryptid that you want to send to us, um, or any new information about cryptids or yeah. something fun that you found recently, like a, a new cryptid in the in the news. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. News articles. Yeah. Like we can do a cold open with it. Mm-hmm. Which you could also send to us on our socials. Um, just DM us yeah. directly. But but either way, like that's really fun. And that could be an, a fun extra thing to send to us. We we love all that stuff. Yeah. What did we what did we land on calling our patreon subscribers the perv nerd herd perv nerd herd come be part of the perv nerd herd i still refer to it as the pervert posse it's easier to say <laughs> the pervert parish I, I when y'all say that i'm like what are y'all saying perv nerd herd the herd the perv nerd swedish chef oh yeah swedish chef sorry to our swedish listeners <laughs> that's what it sounds like i'm sorry wait sweet sweet Wait, no, or Swedish, Swedish chef. chef. I got yeah, it. It sounds, like Swedish. Saying, it sounds like the Swedish sh- chef sounds like that's what no, Swedes no, no. sound like. I was like, the, the I thing, don't know about all the that. title for our Patreon people, it sounds like you're just speaking like the Swedish chef on Muppets, not an actual Swedish person. Perv nerd herd. Perv nerd herd. Uh-huh. Skewer and you, the burkey. You, you heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here um, first. <laughs> all right. You love Muppets. I do love the Muppets. Um, but doesn't mean I understand what the Swedish chef's talking about. Okay, let's Valid. wrap this up before we're getting more offensive to Swedish people. Watch the shadow, sweeties. Stay horny, babes. Fuck, I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't write it down. <laughs> well, that's been the show. Uh, bye. Bye. My brain is haunted. <laughs> <laughs>